RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the chief executive defends his plan to cut waiting times for public housing and urges people to have sympathy for those waiting for a flat. A global mobility firm says the policy address should have unveiled measures to kickstart the economy and the British government, led by Liz Truss, is under more pressure after the resignation of its Home Secretary. Chief Executive John Lee has dismissed suggestions that his plan to build cheaper public housing or what he called light public rental units was merely a tactic to shorten the waiting time on paper only. In his policy address, Mr Lee said 30,000 light public rental units would be built in the next five years using prefabricated units. But they may not have all the community facilities that come with traditional public housing estates. Speaking on a phone-in programme this morning, Mr Lee said people should put themselves in the shoes of those waiting for a flat. I have talked to mothers and children who were living in crowded, hot and stuffy subdivided flats. It's dirty and there's water seepage. They want to leave as soon as possible. Here we're not just talking about hard, cold figures. I don't just want to focus on figures. I want to help those who are suffering. That's why we have come up with this scheme, so they could get public housing sooner. It may be just three to 18 months. For those outsiders looking at figures, it doesn't matter. But for people who live there, if they could move out three days sooner, they'd be happy. A global mobility firm says the chief executive should have announced measures in the policy address to kickstart the economy if he wants to attract talent and businesses to Hong Kong. Lee Quain, the regional director for ECA International, also said current COVID restrictions kept companies away because they couldn't easily access the mainland and regional markets. No one has actually expressed concern that the existing immigration policy in Hong Kong is not attractive, nor is it difficult for people who want to come and work in Hong Kong to actually do so. What I think the government should have been doing is looking at ways in which to try and kickstart the economy by making it more attractive for companies to actually either A, expand their existing operations in Hong Kong so that they could hire more people both locally and from The chairman of the Lan Kwai Fong Group has hailed the return of live music to bars and nightclubs. Alan Seaman said many performers left during the 280 days that such performances were banned, but he said the resumption of live music would help revive the SAR's entertainment sector. If there's no live music and actually DJs are not loud either, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty tame in the, in the bars. But I think that uh, with live music, you get that atmosphere back again, and, and, and uh, people go out, people, uh, uh, you know, life, life restarts again. It kind of went to sleep for a while. <laughs> Turning overseas, the British government has been plunged into fresh chaos after the resignation of its Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, amid accusations by some members of the governing Conservative Party that they'd been manhandled into supporting the government in a vote in Parliament. Later, two ministers in charge of party discipline were rumoured to have resigned, but it was subsequently announced that they'd stay. The Conservative MP, Sir Charles Walker, said he'd run out of patience with his party. I think it's a shambles and a disgrace. I think it is utterly appalling. I'm livid. And, you know, I really shouldn't say this, but I hope all those people that put Liz Truss in number 10, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it for the ministerial red box. I hope it was worth it to sit round the cabinet table because the damage they have done to our party is extraordinary. 
Russia's deputy envoy to the United Nations, Dmitry Polyansky, has warned that his country will cease cooperating with the organization if it authorizes inspections of Russian-launched drones in Ukraine. The UN Secretary-General has announced plans to send experts to Ukraine to examine downed drones, which Western powers say were made in Iran. But Mr Polyansky said Russia was totally against the plans. We hope that the Secretariat and the Secretary-General himself will not again violate the decisions of the UN Security Council and will not go beyond their technical mandate and will abstain from engaging in any illegitimate investigation. Otherwise, we will have to reassess our collaboration with them. Mr. Polyansky suggested the UN brokered deal that allowed grain and fertilizer exports from the Ukraine's from Ukraine's Black Sea ports to resume might not be renewed. Ukraine's national energy company has warned that power cuts will be implemented across its entire electricity grid from early on in the day as it attempts to manage supplies in the wake of sustained airstrikes on energy infrastructure by Russian drones. The BBC's Katwina reports. In a statement published on its Telegram feed. The National Energy Company said it hoped the blackouts would last for no more than four hours at a time, but it urged people to take precautions by charging all mobile appliances and power banks before 7am local time and to ensure they had plenty of batteries for torches. With the weather getting colder, the company recommended warm socks and blankets and, as it put it, hugs for families and friends. A Palestinian man wanted for killing an Israeli soldier has been shot dead after reportedly opening fire on security guards at an Israeli checkpoint in the occupied West Bank. The BBC's Yusuf Taha has more details. 22-year-old Oday Tamimi is thought to have been responsible for killing a military police officer, Noah Lazar, on October the 8th. Her family said that with Tamimi's death, justice was done quickly. Palestinian officials say the Israelis have retained his body. Palestinian factions have declared Thursday a day of mourning and all shops will remain shut. The Israeli Prime Minister, Yair Lapid, praised security forces for what he called the elimination of Tamimi. The incident took place at the entrance to Maali Adumim, an urban Israeli settlement around seven kilometers east of Jerusalem. The President of France has said he will force this year's budget through by decree after the country's parliament refused to pass it in its current form. Emmanuel Macron's party doesn't have a majority among MPs and opposition members had added hundreds of amendments which could have increased the intended spending commitments. Passing a budget by decree is allowed under the constitution but it's rarely used and it risks increasing political tensions. The French Prime Minister Elisabeth Bonnet announced the move to the National Assembly. The opposition has reaffirmed its intention to reject the 2023 budget bill. It is our responsibility to make sure our country has a budget. A Cambodian opposition politician has called for a speedy end to his trial on charges he was arrested for five years ago. Kem Sokha's supporters say the case is politically motivated. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. The opposition leader told the court that he's suffering from back and shoulder pain because he's been sitting in the dock for so long. He's accused of working with foreign entities to overthrow the Cambodian government, a charge he denies. Kum Sokar was arrested in 2017, but it was more than two years before his trial began. It was then delayed for a similar amount of time because of Covid. It still hasn't ended. U.S. and Canadian researchers say the genetic markers that helped our ancestors survive the Black Death that ravaged Europe 700 years ago may threaten our health today. 
Analysis of medieval DNA has revealed mutations that significantly boosted an individual's chance of surviving the plague. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. Imagine the horrors of a pandemic that killed up to half the entire population. That's what the Black Death did to Europe in the mid-1300s. Researchers suspected an event of such enormity would have shaped human evolution. So they analysed ancient DNA taken from more than 200 skeletons from just before, during or after the Black Death hit. The results in the journal Nature found mutations that increased people's chances of surviving the plague by a huge 40%. However, those same mutations have been linked to autoimmune diseases, including Crohn's. What saved our ancestors from one of the most deadly moments in human history may be damaging our health today. President Biden has announced that the United States will sell off a further 15 million US dollars of crude oil from its emergency supplies. It's intended to prevent a spike in prices after the OPEC-plus oil-producing nations, led by Saudi Arabia, said they would cut production. The move comes ahead of the November midterm elections, BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports. The Biden administration has been drawing down on its oil reserves for six months, and today's announcement extends that program into December, with a promise to go further if necessary. But the president's main message was for US oil companies, who he said had not been passing on savings to consumers, but ploughing profits back into dividends and to stock buyback schemes. He urged them to increase production and said they would still be able to profit in resupplying the country's reserves. A painting by the British artist Alice Lowry, best known for his depictions of working-class life in the northwest of England, has sold for a record price at auction. Going to the match, a 1953 work that shows crowds of Lowry's trademark stick figures streaming into a football match fetched more than eight and a half million US dollars. And Bloomberg News reports that Zhejiang Geely may raise its stake in British luxury sports car mark Aston Martin to up to 10%. The mainland car company bought 7.6% of Aston Martin last month. Geely acquired the stake two months after Aston Martin announced a fundraising that saw Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which now owns just over 18.5% of the company, become its second largest shareholder. Elon Musk says he's excited about taking over Twitter but admitted that he was overpaying in the 44 billion US dollar deal. He said during an earnings call that he believed the social media company had sort of languished for a long time but had incredible potential. A US judge early this month suspended litigation over the proposed takeover of Twitter, giving the parties until October 28th to finalize the on again off again mega deal. And Asian markets are lower amid growing fears about rising inflation, interest rate hikes and the prospect of a recession. The Hang Seng Index led the losses and was down 2.4% at 16,110. Tokyo, Sydney, Seoul, Wellington and Taipei were all off at least 1%. Shanghai, Singapore and Manila also fell. Traders are watching the US dollar as it gained strength in the Japanese yen while the British pound is under renewed pressure. Sport, and we start with baseball. The Houston Astros drew first blood after a 4-2 win over the New York Yankees to take Game 1 of the American League Championship Series. Three of the Astros' runs were solo homers cracked by Yuli Gurdiel, Chas McCormick, as well as rookie Jeremy Pena, who's continued his impressive playoff debut. Pena lifts oh. one in the air, deep left field, and Jeremy Pena sends one out of here. 
The Astros will look to take a 2-0 lead in the, the game two. Meanwhile, the San Diego Pad- Padres put up five runs in the fifth to lead the Philadelphia Phillies 8-4 in game two of the best of seven National League Championship Series. Football and Manchester United dealt a blow to Tottenham's Premier League aspirations with a dominant 2-0 win at Old Trafford. Goals from Fred and Bruno Fernandes put United just a point outside the Champions League places. The BBC's Vicky Sparks was at the game. This was an impressive performance from Manchester United and an equally poor display from Tottenham, bar their goalkeeper Hugo Lloris. The France number one had already made several outstanding stops before Fred's deflected opener early in the second half left him with no chance. The imperious Bruno Fernandes curled home the second for Manchester United quite exquisitely. Rashford could have made it three, but for another superb save by Lloris. But the three points utterly deserved by Eric Ten Hag's side, who are now unbeaten in their last five games since that humbling at Manchester City. Newcastle are within two points of the top four. They got past Everton 1-0 on a goal from Miguel Amiron. This was the reaction of Newcastle manager Eddie Howe. It wasn't free-flowing football, but I still thought it was a good performance based on discipline, heart, commitment, effort, determination and a very good defensive shape. Um, I thought it would be a tight game. They've not conceded many goals themselves, so it's always going to be a, an in-the-balance game, a moment of magic. Could, could we get that first goal? And what a goal it was. Chelsea's winning run came to an end in a goalless draw at Brentford. Chelsea captain Cesar Azpilicueta says it was a strong defensive performance by his team. It was very important to recover the solidity from the team because we know that if we want to win games, you cannot uh, concede every single time goals because it makes it very difficult. So I think uh, the team is working really hard from the strikers to the goalkeeper, everybody come from the bench. And Darwin Nunez got his first Anfield goal for Liverpool and Alisson saved a penalty in a 1-0 success over West Ham. Liverpool is seventh in the table, four points outside the top four. Here's their manager, Jurgen Klopp. Feels great. I think it's deserved. I can imagine that um, um, West Ham feels a little bit uh, because they had their moments. Obviously, at a penalty, um, and then we needed a big, big save again and a big, big toe from James Milner in the later stages of the game. Also in the Premier League, Southampton picked up their first win in six games. They defeated their South Coast rivals Bournemouth 1-0. And in Spain, Real Madrid extended their lead in La Liga to six points after a comfortable 3-0 win over bottom side Elche. Their closest challengers, Barcelona, play Villarreal tonight. And on to the weather. We can expect sunny periods this afternoon and it'll be mainly cloudy tonight with fresh easterly winds occasionally strong offshore. The outlook mainly fine in the next few days, but windy with one or two showers early next week. Currently 26 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity is 57%. And to win the news, the top stories once again. The Chief Executive Defence has planned to cut waiting times for public housing. And a global mobility firm says a policy address should have unveiled measures to kickstart the economy. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Bill Whelan on Radio 3.
Corey on Radio 3 with some history. I'll never let you, I'll never let you go. For a Thursday afternoon, that means fairly shortly we're off to Singapore to catch up with Chef Neil Tomes. I don't think he's in his own kitchen today. I think he's borrowed a mate's because he's menu developing. So we'll find out how. Join him on Facebook Live probably in about eight or nine minutes from now. The Brew is the page to go to. (laughs) 